You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to session two. I am so excited for you guys to continue to get to know Sam and to get to see this journey. What is so cool and what I think is such a beautiful illustration in this session is how quickly and strategically we can scale if we make the right decisions and dedicate our time in the right way. And ultimately, Sam had some challenges and some setbacks in the week in between our session, but she's still moving forward and we're still making progress on scaling the agency, but also growing this coaching arm of her business. And it's just beautiful to see how decisive she is in doing that and how easy it is to move forward from that place. So really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Take a dive in and see what comes out of it for you. All right. How's it going? What's going on? It's good. It's good. I'm getting over a sinus infection. So that Um, was not ideal (laughs) the last two weeks. Isn't that always how it is sometimes when you're like, I'm ready to hit the ground running. The universe is like, JK. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm such a bad sick person. Like I would rather be dying for two days, but right now I'm on like day seven and it's just making me so tired. And I hate that. Like I don't feel like crap, but I feel exhausted. And I always bump up against that because I really don't like that. I feel like it slows me down. Totally. Yeah, I definitely get that. I hope you're just letting yourself rest and taking that time even when it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's fine, but it's I'm still annoyed about it, but whatever. What are you going to do? <laughs> totally. All right, well, give me an update on some of the things we talked about since last time, like VA stuff, uh, profit first stuff, um, new client stuff. Like, just give me a little brain dump. Yeah, so I... Um, I'm actually really happy. I've been like so religiously tracking my time the last few months because it was super easy to figure out. Basically, I am spending like 10 hours a week-ish on average, or it's more like 40 hours a month uh, doing social. So it definitely seems like that is where I have an opportunity to bring some help on. Um, So... That's one thing that it was pretty easy. That's huge too, because if you're working like 20 hours a week, I mean, that's two full weeks that it's taking up of your month, right? One thing that Sam mentioned that I really want to make sure that you guys caught is that idea of religiously time tracking. When she said, well, thank goodness I've been religiously time tracking for a couple months now because it made it so much easier to make this decision. And I really want to point that out because something I do as well is track my time constantly because of that exact reason. So we were able to see exactly where her time was going, make really strategic decisions about hiring from there. And I just cannot stress enough how helpful it is to start tracking that data before you need it. For me, knowing exactly where my time going is going every week is one of the best CEO tasks I've found that I can do. So if that's something that you are not doing or have not practiced, I highly, highly recommend giving it a try. Yeah, exactly. And it's definitely like heavier some weeks than other weeks when I'm, you know, prepping all the content for the month moving forward. So it's like heavy at the end of the month versus at the beginning of the month. But um, it shakes out to be about 40 hours a month on average. So um, that was actually more than I was thinking it was going to be. So good. It's also really nice too, because we can just have someone really focused on one thing. It's not like, well, I'm spending five hours here and five hours here and five hours here. It's like, like we can literally just hire someone for social and kind of be done with it, which is really beautiful and makes it so much simpler and figuring out like who to hire, what skills they need, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even just like having them like pull, you know, industry news and stuff for those clients and then creating the graphics or pulling, you know, stock imagery and stuff will be um, a big help. And then I can just like make sure you know, I'm reviewing it and quality controlling it and then they can schedule it. So that'll be really helpful, I think. Um, Yeah. So then I prepped the social media VA um, job description. So that's like kind of set and ready to go. Beautiful. 
um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty straightforward. So I'm not super worried about it. One thing that's really valuable about our plan to scale and hire in Sam's digital marketing business is that we really want to create simplicity in that so she actually has the time to put toward her coaching arm of her business, right? And so by adding a team member that can focus on one area and one task, we're creating so much simplicity in that process. So it's not like we're bringing someone on and we're going, okay, they're gonna do ads and some social and some backend stuff and some invoicing and no, 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 no. We are bringing them on for one task, one specific area of interest. And because of that, it is going to be so much simpler to train, to onboard and to see those results and that time saving right away for Sam. And then I looked at, I wanted to, implement profit first into my Q4, but my bank is like, oh yeah, yeah figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. So like they have, I use Aslo and they're good. Like they're just an online only bank and a lot of people use them. So they have a Facebook group and I was kind of like, when, what's the situation? Like I need to have multiple checking accounts. And I know other people who use Aslo who have also wanted them to add that. So they said they're working on it and it should be like in the next 60 to 90 days. So I figured I'll just wait until Q1 because it's not really worth it to me to spend time switching my business bank account for, you know, three months of time. Um, so instead, I just kind of got a handle on what the what my revenue is and the expenses that are going out. Um, so I figured out I basically have like a 90% profit margin, which is what I thought it was going to be. So that was nice. Amazing. Um, yeah. And I think that it will probably get um, my profit margin will go up a little bit now that I have increased my revenue so much in the last couple of months. So I think when I run those numbers again, like at the end of this year, it's probably going to be closer to like 93%. Um so that's good. So I was like happy to hear that because it definitely, you know, just like reinforces that I can afford to bring on help and it won't be like a big deal. Exactly. Like it actually, I think like obviously great, great high margins like that are good, but also I think it speaks to the fact that like that, that means that like hiring help is actually like a really strong next step because you have the margin for it and because you want to scale in this other way. And so like, I feel like you've set yourself up really perfectly to be able to do that. So we're back to that piece about profit margin again. And what Sam had calculated is that she's at about 90% profit margin, which is amazing because what that means is that she is set up perfectly to hire. And not only is she set up perfectly to hire, but quite honestly, it opens her up to more revenue too. So even if her margin moves, her revenue is going to move with it. And so if you can get to a point as you're building your business as a solo entrepreneur, where you have really excellent margins, what you're doing is putting yourself in the perfect position to hire when the time is right. So if you don't know what that is in your business, I highly recommend going to look at it again. And if you're there, it might be time to consider hiring so you can scale your revenue even more. Yeah, for sure. And then the other thing, the other um, item was I wanted to make up that like extra 3000 a month, which was going to get me to 150 in projected revenue for the year. So I've been doing some lead gen on that. And I have like um, a couple of people I subcontract for they're anticipating getting new clients that will, you know, come my way, um, starting for like October one. So that is like, should be like about $1,200. So okay. I just kind of like need to do more lead gen and just between like being sick and I was also traveling. So it was kind of like, I was only working like three days a week for the last two weeks. But then during those three days a week, I was working like 12 hours a day, mm -hmm. basically, which is fine, like for me, because I was only working three days a week. But that also meant like, I only spent like three hours doing lead gen, which is not as much as I wanted to do. So that is just something like I really need to focus on and spend time doing in the next like week or so, because obviously it takes time, you know, to get them to do a, you know, call an initial call and then have them agree and sign the contract and get started and stuff that usually that whole process can take like a week or more depending on the client. So uh, I'm just like bumping up against I probably won't hit that extra 3000 until optimistically, I would say like mid October, I would I'll get there. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of what that was about anyway, was sort of just like feeling like you 
had hit that place so it felt good to hire, right? And we had joked mm-hmm. about how that was more arbitrary anyway, mm-hmm. right? It was just like this figure in your head that felt like it would be good to hire them. So I think something you can remember is like you can be running parallel lines here, right? We're like, we don't have to secure that client no matter what by, you know, October 9th in order to be able to hire a VA. Like start that process too, right? Right. Like start interviewing people, start seeing who's the right fit. Like all of that can happen conjointly. Does that feel true? Yeah, for sure. I'm like thinking just, well, now I'm not like really, this last month was like kind of crazy. Just like I was traveling and having like long weekends every single weekend, which is great, but also like puts pressure on me during the week to like be super productive and get stuff done. So now I think that things are slowing down a little bit more in my personal life. Like I'm not really traveling at all this next month. So that'll definitely be like, I'll have the space and the bandwidth to do both of those things and to do more lead gen. Um, So I think that'll be good. And like, it'll start to move. Um, more quickly. So do you feel like you're at a place where you're like, you know what, I'm like ready to hire? Or do you still feel like I definitely want it to be in sequential order? Like I want that extra client before I make that hire? Like what kind of comes up for you there? No, I don't feel like weird about it, like revenue wise or anything like that. It's more like from a bandwidth standpoint, I'm just not, it's like this past month was uh, really hard to judge because my work schedule was so crazy. But I'm, I'm kind of, and I've been trying to think about that in the last couple of days, like, will I need to hire the social media VA yet just because like before I have those new clients, just because I think that I have the bandwidth and the time that I don't need the VA yet. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I have to hire this VA so that I have enough time to start building the coaching piece. I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, every client is different. Some need more time than, you know, others. But depending on the clients, I think that I might be able to get one or two or maybe three more clients and still have time for the coaching before then I start bumping up on, okay, yeah, I'm getting tight. You know, I'm getting to the 35, 40 hour a week, working week amount of time. So now it's time for the VA. So it's more like from a time standpoint, like if I, if I already have enough time to take on a couple more clients and be working on the coaching thing, I don't feel like I need to do the VA, if that makes sense. But money-wise, it doesn't matter. That, that totally makes sense. The one thing I would add there, though, is like actually when you want to ha- hire a VA is when you don't feel like you need them to a certain extent right. time-wise. Because it does take a lot of time to, and I don't want to say like a lot in a negative way, but I mean to onboard them, to get them familiar with your process, to get them trained up on how you want to do everything, to give them feedback, to, um, you know, basically like introduce them into your way of doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's something there where it's like there's a middle ground, right? Like we don't necessarily want to wait until you're at 40 hours because what I see happens with so many entrepreneurs then is they're like, I hate this VA. And I'm like, why do you hate the VA? And they're like, cause I don't have time to train her and she's doing it all wrong. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a thing. So, um, I think like what I would just say is like, I, I think being on the search now is good, but not being in a rush is good too. Right. Kind of like the higher, slow, fire, fast mentality. Right. Like I, I think you could do a pretty detailed hiring process and take your time. Yeah. It kind of makes me realize like, the last two weeks of every month are busier for mm-hmm. me on social. So, you know, because I'm like creating content and it's getting, you know, approved and it's getting scheduled and all of that. So kind of thinking about it from that perspective, like if I don't find someone and kind of bring them on and start prepping to train them in the first two weeks of October, I'm not going to want to and do it like in the second two weeks of October, because I actually have to be like creating that content, I'm not going to have time. So then it'll get that'll definitely get put on pause until the beginning of November. Exactly. So like it immediately will get pushed a month, which, you know, is just like kind of interesting if I think about it, like from that standpoint. Totally. And I think like the the thing that helps that thought process is to be like, okay, I don't have to hire at the beginning of October, but if I find the right person, it also doesn't make sense for me to wait either. Right? Like there's not like a huge value right now in me waiting, except that I'll be busier come end of November. Right. And 
Um, so I think that like, again, there's not like this huge strain, like you better find someone by the second week of October or blah, blah, blah. Right. But right. don't, don't say no to the right person for that reason either. Like, I think you're ready at that point. Does that feel true? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, when I think about it in terms of the workload, it is like, if you know, uh, it's going to be a hard stop by mid October. Like I can't because I'm actually like doing the work and I'm not going to have time to so- actively train and onboard someone. So it kind of makes sense to at least start. Totally. And it's when you're going to hate having a VA because they're going to be like, how do I do this? And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I am very confident in my ability to find the right person and train them because I've done it before when I was working full time. So it's, I'm like not too nervous about it. And I am very like, yeah, this is not working out. Like I'm kind of a savage in that way. (laughs) So um, it's like not, it doesn't like that part doesn't really worry me too much, but it's just actually, yeah, like the time, like I'm, I'm going to be like, no, I actually have to be actively doing this. I really don't have time for you right now. So um, that makes sense. One really important topic that Sam and I touched on about hiring that I definitely want to point out here is that you need to hire when you have the time, not when you don't. So what I see happen so often to solo entrepreneurs is that they wait as long as humanly possible to hire. And when they do, they've waited so long that they're completely overwhelmed that they really have almost no time to onboard and train. And so they end up taking that mentality of it's better or easier to do it myself. And it just kills them, right? And so something I want to mention is that of course you want to be strategic in your hiring, but wait until you actually have the time. Don't wait until you're so busy that you can't, right? So sometimes that means hiring just a little bit before you feel ready. And that is good because that is what is going to allow you to truly onboard someone in a positive really strategic way. It's like that saying, hire slow and fire fast. Like we want her to have time to hire in a strategic way to onboard them in a way that feels really good and actually creates more results in her business. So if you're on the fence about hiring, that's really, really something to think about. Hire when you have the time. So something that I think would be like really great and you could, um, kind of put this together, we can have it be um, some of your homework and we can play with it together in base camp too. Um, but basically like how can we like create sort of like a front end of this hiring process that just filters out a lot of people for us? So obviously an attention to detail is going to be like super, super important if they're going to be doing the social media stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. um, they're like literally posting on behalf of, of your people. And so um, if you can even do the whole like send me an email with this is the subject line, with this attached, and with answering these three questions in the email. Well, right. you're going to filter out like half the people at least. <laughs> yeah. With that. Sure. And then you may want to give them like a task as a test, like for the people that make it through, like do the interview and then be like, hey, I want you to like take this one piece of content and divide it up into five pieces and send it back to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably um, definitely include like they need to send over some examples of work and like in, I should probably add this to the job description, but like my clients are in a range of industries. So I need someone who can show me that they have like created social content for a range of industries, including like some of my clients are like tech. So that is going to filter out a lot of people because you can either you like you either get it and you can create social content for like the tech world or like you are totally lost and you're never going to know if something is relevant or not. So um, I think that will filter out kind of a lot of people because that filtered me out. Like that's one of the clients that I subcontract for. And I'm she only found like two or three people that even could do the work. Mm. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. And I think that's really helpful too, because ideally you don't want to be spending, you know, 10 hours getting on the phone with 10 different people. You want to maybe get on the phone with your top three and like really make it a clean process for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll probably reach out to some people for referrals as well, because that's always pretty safe. So good. Okay, so we'll kind of move forward with that with a focus for the first two weeks of October. But again, like if, if we don't get it done, that'll just be kind of a, a thing for November. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Okay, so what else is kind of going on right now? What's coming up? Are you like, I'm like 
dying and ready to dive into coaching? Or are you like, I want to get some other things solidified with the agency? Like, where do you feel like you're at with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I still think I want to, um, yeah, I still think I want to scale the agency just like from like a money standpoint. I know it's going to be the easiest thing. So definitely like, I still want to focus on doing that lead gen and like getting, like I know I can easily get that to that 150 because then I kind of feel like like the way I kind of envision the coaching being in the early stages is I should probably be able to hit the mm, between three and four thousand a month mark fairly easily because the price point I'm thinking like I I kind of have a vision of like it's going to be I want to launch one-on-one coaching first it's going to be a six month program price wise. I'm like between um, like it could be a $5,000 total investment. So that shakes out to be like eight thirty three a month. Um, but I kind of am butting up against that. Like I really want to charge a thousand dollars a month. Um, so we'll see like what I do if I just start with eight thirty three, and then like once I f- get a couple at that, I'll raise the price. So it, you know, that only me- that means I only need like three to four coaching clients basically to, to fill that out, that amount out. Um, but I still think I want to get to one fifty in revenue for the agency before I really, um, am like putting a lot of time and attention into the coaching. Basically, I think like my take as far as the pricing is this, I would just say get like two clients at that, right? And then you can raise. But the reason it's so helpful, um, to have like the easy starting point is because honestly, it's great for your audience to see you raise. <laughs> like there's nothing better than seeing your business coach continue to like do better and raise their prices and grow. Right. Right. Um, and so it, it's not somewhere that I foresee you wanting to be stuck for a long time, but to be like, okay, this is like easy peasy. Let me get two clients here and move on. Right it sort of gives you that motivation too. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, okay, like, let me get these done because I'm like super excited to be at a thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus like, let me set at a thousand for a little while and see what happens. Like, I feel like it's, it's a little bit more exciting for you and it's definitely more exciting for your audience. Does that feel true? Yeah, definitely. And I also like the target audience, I think I'm going to go after in the beginning. I think, you know, I'm going to struggle past that like $1,500 a month mark to get past that for a little while. Like I might have to shift my audience a little bit or, you know, hang on to the coaching clients and then create, you know, a higher level offer for them. Um, Cause my target audience is going to be like people who have a full-time job already and they want to start or they have already started their business on the side and they want to like actually set it up correctly so that they can scale and grow and eventually leave their full-time job. So that, you know, so they have some disposable income, but it's not going to be like a ton necessarily. Well, here's, here's something I would add to that though, just because I've had some, some clients that work with that market for sure is Mm -hmm. I actually feel like they have, they're in a much better place to invest because they do have the disposable income. As you said, like, I think a surprising amount of people in nine to five actually are willing to spend even more because they're so wanting to get out and because they have the cash flow, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think secondarily, what's what it's ultimately going to depend on is you can command prices that are in alignment with your results, right? So right. if you're helping clients, I'm just making something up, but if you're helping clients go from like zero to 5k in three months and they're leaving their job, I mean, you can go well above 1500 at that point. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like if if, if it's going to take a long build because they're starting from scratch, like that's not bad either. But to your point, like we want to keep the price in alignment with that. But I don't think that's going to be true for you. I think you're going to be someone that helps people create a lot of results. And then you, your your price is really predicated on that at that point. Does that feel true? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's one reason like why I'm doing that um, certification in November with like NLP and time techniques and everything is so that I can make sure like I'm able to like – create a program and coach them in a way that is going to get them, you know, empower them to make their own results and get, you know, reach their goals that they've set for their business. Something that came up this session was pricing and raising prices. And what 
price point Sam should go in at. I am such a big believer in doing those small incremental raises. I believe that's so helpful for your audience to see you raising prices along the way. I believe it's so motivating for you as a business owner. And I really believe that ultimately being able to do that gives you so much more freedom to add urgency in your business, to sell more spots and to grow more quickly. I think that sometimes people go in with such a high price point that it stalls them out at the beginning. And so I love that we've decided to maybe just sell a couple spots at this rate and then move up from there. But I think it creates a lot of freedom and it's gonna create a lot of opportunities in the future for Sam, right? And another thing that we talked about that I wanna mention is that what dictates your price the most ultimately in business is the results. And so I think that so often we're so used to focusing on like pricing and marketing and all of that is so important. But ultimately, the biggest dictator of your ability to raise prices over time in your business is going to be your client's results. And so don't forget to focus on that piece. Don't forget how important that is to every other piece of your business. Every other way you make money in your business is ultimately predicated on getting your clients amazing results. Yeah. So one question that comes up for me is like, do you think it would be helpful to get like a client right now, even if it's like maybe I'm just making something up, but like it might be the 833. It might be half that. It might just be a free practice client or whatever so that you can start working with them. And when you rock into that training in November, like you've already had client experience and then you can even practice on that client. Yeah. Like I don't feel weird about getting a client before that training. Cause I already had a client back in the spring. So she was like my tester right. client kind of, and she was at a lower price point and we only did it for three months. And like, she was really happy with it. Like she gave me great feedback and you know, we kind of landed on just like a couple things. Like she said, definitely like six months, not three months. Um, and just like a couple of things around that. So I don't feel weird at all or feel like I need to wait to, get a client before that training. Cause it like, I'm still, I'm helping them set up their business and, you know, set up their services and products and everything in a way that's makes sense and is going to be scalable for them. So that training is just going to help me like be a better coach. I don't think that it's like the qualifier for me to be a coach, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so I think like, you know, obviously we want, we still want to be clear that the goal to scale the agency is what needs to get the majority of your time. But I think since you're saying like, okay, but I do have time and I am going to onboard the VA, I think it's worth going like, well, then what's the path to like client one? Right. Right. Cause, cause even if you had one client while you were still generating the leads in the agency, it, it feels to me, and you tell me if that's true, like you're saying like, really excited for that. And I have time for that. So like, I, there's not a big call to wait at this point. Yeah. And I'm kind of, th- I was kind of thinking like, I don't really want to wait until too close to the year, just because I know a lot of people will have like objections around starting like in, you know, November, December, it's hard with the holidays and like, why not just start until the new year? And I know you can kind of come back to those objections saying like, right, but like, if you start now before the new year, you're going to be like, so in such a better place at that point versus waiting to start, you know, it's like saying, I'm going to wait to start a diet until the new year, but like, you could already have lost 10 pounds by then. But so I'm like, but just thinking that way, like I do think that October slash November is a better, I'm going to have get be getting more people who are like wanting to start at that time frame versus like late November into December. Yeah. I mean, something I would say to that is like, I think spot on in, in most regards, like I've always gotten clients in December and I don't think it's like a, a stopping point, but at the same time, like I don't think it's when you want to be like first launching your services either. I think you want to have a little bit under your belt at that point so that it's easier to be like, hey, listen, my clients right now are doing X, Y, Z. It's like the perfect time to start. So you're not going to not make sales in December. I mean, I feel like that's such a fallacy in our industry. But at the same time, like you could prime the pump now and that makes it easier, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think like in October, like actively marketing and promoting is probably going to make sense. And, 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 you know, I'm not competing against a bunch of like holiday content and stuff out there as well for, you know, competing for people's attention. One thing I just really want to point out here, because I feel like it is so powerful and important, and this will probably be airing right around that time, is that you can make sales in December or any other month of the year. Like I think that so often 
we get this um, you know, mindset that someone told us or that we heard about or whatever that we can't make sales at certain times of year or certain parts of year or whatever. And the truth is you absolutely can make sales any time of year and you have to be very careful to watch your mindset around it and you have to be building it up before then. So why it would be hard to make sales in December is if you weren't laying the groundwork before then. And so that's why Sam and I are trying to start moving into her content marketing plan and moving forward in those ways because sales in December are totally possible if we set the right foundation now. So question for you, like I know um, something that you had told me, I, I, I believe it was before we ever started recording, <laughs> um, but was that um, you ran like a peer mastermind, but you kind of were the leader of it and people in there had like really encouraged you to get co- or to start coaching because you were coaching so many of them. Like, is that still going on? And is that a place from which you could see yourself pulling your first couple clients? Or is that like a totally different setup? Or is that not happening anymore? No, yeah. So I'm in two masterminds, but they're definitely like my peers, like fully were on yeah. the same level. So I don't think that, I mean, they can definitely be advocates for me in that way um, and like help me promote it. But most of them are like working with coaches like you, like higher level paid coaches, you know, that have been in business for a while. So those wouldn't really be, um, that wouldn't really be a source of initial clients, I don't think. Perfect. Okay. So here's another option. And like, I'm not throwing this out as like a strong suggestion, but as a like, Ooh, does this like spark something in you or not? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but another option is to start off with doing like a one-time scholarship. Okay. So it might be, and again, we can talk about what that looks like, but it might be half off the coaching price. It might just be free, whatever. But what I would want to see us do is really promote that, get applications, and get a bunch of interest in it. Okay. And the reason that that can be so cool is because you're getting to promote this like entirely free thing. And and from that, what you're getting in return is just like a metric fuck ton of market research because everyone's filling out your application. So I do the partnership process once a year. Um, and it's like, I I mean, like the amount of data I get from that is just like absolutely wild. Like I could not even pay for that kind of data, right? Mm -hmm. Of people who I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea you want to work with me. Oh my God, I had no idea everyone that wants to work with me has this one challenge. Oh my gosh, like every single person is saying this. Like it just really gives you like such a great jumping off point. And then secondarily, those people are thinking about working with you the whole time they're filling it out. So even if they're not chosen for the scholarship, like you still now have cultivated this huge pool of warm leads that you can speak to. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of a faster process because all of your mastermind people too can be referring out this application. Like, hey, a friend of mine has this scholarship going on. Are you interested? Here you go. And it's such an easy um, way to kind of have people promoting on your behalf as well. Yeah, that's interesting. What comes up for you there? No, yeah, I like that idea. I'm wondering like, and and I also, because I kind of want to, I haven't built out the full program yet and I'm still, you know, because it's going to be one-on-one, I'm anticipating it. I'll tweak it for every person. Right. But I kind of am using this online course that I created last year as a, right. like a guidepost for it. So I definitely do like that, especially because I can use that as an opportunity to like flesh it out a little bit more with the scholarship client. In your opinion, do you think it should be like the full six months or should it be like scholarship, like four months shorter? Or what do you think about that? I love the idea of doing the full six months because the truth is you're basically promoting your program. Right. Yeah. It's like the true program. So like, it doesn't make sense for us to promote like a different version of your pro. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? You're basically like, Hey, like here's my program. Here's what's amazing about it. Here's why you should apply for the scholarship. And so you're getting to really promote that full thing versus kind of like a hybrid version of it where like it just um, still gets your program out there, but it feels different, right? Yeah. No, I like that. I like that idea. And um, it's definitely like, obviously it would be a good source of leads because I can remarket to the people that I don't choose for the scholarship later. Um, And even then, like I can say like, oh, you know, you applied for this. So I'm going to, I'm, you know, doing an initial like lower price at that 833. So that they could also be a source of the first eight, you know, clients that I do for 833 before I raise it to the thousand dollar mark. 
1000%. And also like, um, you're someone that's good at sales, right? Like that's yeah. a, a piece that feels simple for you. And so even if like, I'm just making some, something up here, like, let's say you had 15 people, you pick one, even if you got on the phone with all 14 of those people, mm-hmm. you're going to get two sales from that. Yeah. Right. And so then you've kind of just set yourself up in this perfect position where like you have this scholarship client where you get to like kind of like have fun with and try all these amazing ideas on that you have for this program. Plus you have clients that you're working through um, the same program and you're going to NLP training at that point and like really getting to add additional value. So I feel like that really sets you up for like a beautiful position come like, let's say November timeframe. Right. Yeah. No, I, I really like that idea. Okay. So what comes up for you? Like, are you like, I'm cool with doing that for free as long as I'm getting all the other leads? Yeah, I'm fine with it because like, if I, I I like the idea of like getting the applications because then it's like, I can look for somebody who I like vibe with really well. And I like really believe in them or like what they're doing or, you know, that kind of thing. Cause I'm I'm very like, you know, always giving unsolicited advice. Um, (laughs) So if it's somebody I'm like super into or I, you know, really like them a lot, like that's totally fine for me. I do it all the time. Like at parties, I'm like always that person who's like, no, you need to quit your job and start that business. So (laughs) you're like cornering someone like, what is your end date with your job? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like very intense in that way. So if I'm like super into what somebody's saying. So, um, so yeah, no, that feels like fine for me. And especially knowing like, it will be a good lead generator. Like I'm fine with that. It's like an investment. Exactly. And the other thing is too, is like a really beautiful opportunity to ask questions you have interest in. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know what some of the feedback was that you mentioned. Like, I know you said six months, but like you might even ask that question on the application, like what attracts you to a six months, six month program so much. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, or if she gave you another piece of feedback, like, oh, I'd love to see this added to the program, then you could ask a very specific question around that on the application. Like, um, you know, do you want to see this in the program and why? And so it just like is sort of an opportunity for you to get any and all lingering market research questions you have circling around this answer. You guys, I love, love, love things like scholarships or Um, contests or anything like that. And I just want to take a minute to tell you why so you can decide if there's a fit for this in your business. But I love them because the market research that comes out of them is just incredibly epic. Not to mention that it really shifts your mindset and seeing how many people actually want your thing. So for me, I always do the partnership process about once a year. And what that looks like is I take on two clients for 20% of their revenue instead of an upfront fee. And so we have hundreds of applications come through on that. It's a whole um, process and it's just so amazing because not only am I reminded of how much people need coaching and quite honestly inspired to do things like this in this podcast, but I am learning so much about my audience through that and through those applications and those interactions. And there is just nothing more valuable to my business. And so sometimes we do things in business where we're not getting directly paid, but we're profiting, so to speak, in an entirely different way. And that's exactly how I think about things like a scholarship and what we're doing for Sam. It is totally an investment in something that will make her a lot more money long-term, which is understanding her people on such a deep level and realizing how much people want that support and want to work with her. Yeah, that sounds good. Because it is a lot of them like, I mean, most of them, it's just like how to get more sales, right? Like that is the base question for all of them. Like how, like they don't even think about it in the terms of like lead gen. Like they're like, yeah, I need to sell more. I'm like, okay, great. What are you doing Mm -hmm. on lead gen? And they're like, um, nothing. I'm like, well, okay, great. That's the problem. So, but it's also, they don't think about or even know like that, you know, you don't know until you know, like, oh, I don't have a business bank account. I don't have an LLC. I have no contracts. I have no onboarding process. Like all of those things that kind of really start to become apparent once you are hitting like two, three, four, you know, clients after your first client. So question for you. I mean, and obviously it might vary a little bit, but are the people you're most looking to work with, they're still in the nine to five, but they already have like 
the business idea or do you want to help people with like the ideation phase too? I think that most people I will get is probably going to be they kind of had either had this business idea and so they like started it and maybe they made a sale, but now they're kind of like, I really don't know where to go from here. Or it might be like for on the service based side, like they just had someone ask like, oh, can you do this thing? It might relate to their nine to five in some way. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. And so they literally like accidentally got their first client. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, so I think it's going to kind of be like they've started that initial phase because they're so they are truly in that point of like, you don't know what you don't know. So they're basically just like, I, I can't even I have so many questions. What do I need to handle first? You know, what's a priority? What's not a priority? So I don't think it'll be people who are like, oh, yeah, I have this idea. and Because that'll also weed out people who are like, always going to have ideas and never going to execute any of them. You know, those people who always have a business idea and never start it. (laughs) For sure. Well, and I think also like your specialty is really in the marketing space, right? So you almost want them to come with something they're ready to market, right? Right. Exactly. You're not like, oh, let's do this deep dive and figure out what the right business is for you kind of thing. It's more like the assumption is you're coming with something ready to market. Yeah. And then where do you want to like drop them off? Like obviously it's going to depend on the person, but like what do we want to have as the like outcome of this program or what do we want to like lead them to? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be mostly service-based businesses just because that's like where I'm the most familiar. Um, So I think it'll, I don't, it'll be interesting. I don't know if I want to say like, you know, 5K, zero to 5K, Or if I want to say, you know, fill out your client list, which could be different depending on the services they're offering and the price point they're offering. Mm -hmm. So I kind of need to figure that out and decide in terms of just like what result am I going to be promising slash marketing? Yep. Um, Do you feel like much more attracted to one of those over the other or do you feel like it doesn't really matter to you? I, I mean, I think f- zero to 5K is very trendy right now. Um, totally. So I don't know that I even necessarily want to use that because it, it, that's what everybody is saying, right? So I, I think I want to have them, like, at the end of the six months, they are, like, prepared and able to leave their full-time job, like, at any time is, I think, would be it. Exactly. That's different for different people. Like you might just want 3k to leave that you might want 10k to leave that. But like what we're going to try to do is like literally get you the exit plan, right? Right. Like I know people who own a business who they're making pretty consistently 3k a month and they're happy with that and they left their full time job. And in my mind, I'm like, are you kidding me? Never. Like, absolutely not. Like, I like yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. like to purchase things and do things so like that is never <laughs> going to cut it. Right. So it is going to be different for every person. So I kind of, you know, some people like don't care about 5k at all they'd be like great in an ideal world but I really don't care about that so I think the goal is really like for me I just I knew I was never going to feel fulfilled until I left my full-time job so that is like the end goal and also I think that a lot of the people that I'm finding like that I want to find that's where they're coming from so like they might have like I had a good full-time job that I was making six figures in but I I, it was never going to fulfill me and that's what I knew And so I think that's like going to be my sweet spot. Um, It's going to be people who, you know, might be making pretty good money, but it's just not for them. They want more freedom or they want to travel or, you know, whatever. They want to have a kid and not have to pay for full-time healthcare, like whatever that means for them. They just want to leave their full-time job and have like a good solid business that's bringing them income every month. Totally. And I think what's interesting about that is that that really becomes one of our market research questions, even for the scholarship application, right? Is like, what's your big goal? I mean, not that we wouldn't ask that anyway, but like, you know, what's your big goal that you want to accomplish in the next five months? Like if everyone's saying 5k, well, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. We might go in that direction. Right. Right. Like, or if everybody's saying like, have it, you know, like leave my job and have a business that fulfills me or whatever, like that's such a beautiful place to find yourself where, you know, it's some version of that, but like, let's see what they have to say. And like exactly to your point, use their words. Right. Right. For sure. And I think that, um, 
you know, that's why like this is worth your time and worth that investment is because like the, the stuff that you're going to hear from it and get from it is like maybe going to be something that you would have never explained it like, or that you would have never said it like that. But once they do, you're like, Oh shit, of course that's what they want to hear. Of course that's the thing. Right. Yeah. It just keeps like, it just really reinforces that like doing the scholarship will be worth it because I can get all this information and like have an initial sorts of leads. I just have to think about like, I've never really, I mean, me doing lead gen for the agency is like I hop in, I, you know, let all my clients know and I remind them that I have a referral program and I ask them if they know anybody who's looking. I, you know, will post on social that I have some openings and I just get in Facebook groups and like respond to anybody who's looking like that is the extent of my lead gen. And it's like always worked for me in the past. So now I'm just like, oh, shit, like I have to market like I actually have to do what I do for my clients. I have to do that for my business now. So I'm just like thinking about like, what does that look like? OK, that means like I actually have to use Instagram and be on Instagram and be doing things on Instagram and like I need like to collect emails like I don't collect emails right now really at all so I'm just like thinking about all of those things that are gonna need to kind of be put in place because I don't want to like be pushing the scholarship out there without you know being ready to like collect those people so that I can market to them later a hundred percent. So I think a couple of things I would say here, I feel like there's a little bit of like a, a, a fork in the road choice mm-hmm. as it relates to the scholarship. So what you can do is be like, you know what, like, I actually want to spend more time on that. Meaning like, I want to put out, you know, content before I ever even launch the scholarship. I want to like go be in Facebook groups regularly. I want to go be on Instagram regularly. I want to like go establish that presence for a few weeks before I ever even launch the scholarship. And that's totally fine. Like we can absolutely do that. Or you might just want to be like, listen, for this scholarship, for this first round, I'm like pretty much just going to capitalize on like all my connections and all my current, you know, like social standings and all my current social media. And I'm just going to like put it out there as much as I can. However many people I get, I get that's great. And I go from there. And then I really move into getting consistent with like my content marketing and my social presence and all of that. I don't think either is right or wrong. It's more just like what feels better for you as a starting point. Yeah. I mean, I want to just launch it, but is that me procrastinating the marketing? Like that, that is the real question. Like, I don't feel weird about just launching it and using my relationships that I have now and, you know, using the social that exists out there right now. I don't feel weird about that in any way. I still think I could get, you know, applications and everything. And I don't think even if I took like two weeks to really, you know, start implementing a good, strong marketing plan, I don't think that that would result in me getting, you know, that many more applications. Um, But I also think that's just me being like, great, yeah, let's just do that because then I don't have to write any blog posts or (laughs) I don't have to get onto IGTV and deal with that. So I think that probably what I should do is prep and launch the scholarship and promote it while I am simultaneously like actually prepping a real marketing calendar and content calendar that I'm going to stick to and and then move into that so that at least I'm like prepped and ready to go um, is probably what I'm going to end up doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's really just about like a time construct there. Like, do you have time to do that? Put out the scholarship, hire the VA, get your marketing prepped and move forward all at the same time. If you do, like, that's not a bad thing. I'm totally in agreement with that. If you don't, I mean, like, (laughs) this is going to sound a little bit funny, but like, don't worry, you go and do a content marketing plan. Like that's not, not happening. Right. right? And so if you get a client first, I don't see that as a bad thing. Like, I think that you're almost like, oh, I could put this off forever, but like, I promise that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So like, it's more the matter of like, you know, do I have time to do all that at once? Or do I have to put it in kind of like sequential order? What kind of feels like the truth there? Yeah. I mean, I feel like because it'll be the beginning of the month. It should be fine, actually. Um, You know, time-wise, I feel like I will have more time on my hands in the next two weeks to like do the, you know, it's kind of more when I have time to work on my business instead of in my business or whatever. So um, yeah, so I do think it'll be okay. Um, I just have to like kind of figure out a plan. Like I have to set up the tech and everything, like create a landing page, all that good 
good, boring shit. But um, I think it should be okay. And I'll definitely like plan to put together like a content marketing plan at the beginning of next month to start to implement and, and like launch the scholarship so that I probably like all applications do by like October 15th. So then I can implement the content marketing plan the second half of the month while just like reviewing the application. So it's like a little bit lighter. And then in theory, if I have the VA at that point, then it won't be as heavy the second half of the month anyways. Perfect. Okay. I love that. So just keep me posted in Basecamp. Like I'll share with you um, my content planning system, but also feel free to use yours. Um, I'll put in like landing page, scholarship questionnaire, all that kind of stuff and feel free to share those with me and I can support you in reviewing those. And then we'll get that out there and kind of go from there. But I think that's like a super exciting place to start. And I feel like a really strong way to kind of like have all this come together right now, but without there being like such a tremendous amount of pressure to like go build that arm of your business full out yet. Yeah, I feel like that'll be good. And like, I was hoping to do it around this, like in October anyways. So I think that'll be, that'll be good. And I'm not going to be as busy or traveling every week. So that'll be nice. Like I'll actually have time to do this stuff. So um, yeah, I think that'll be good. And then even if I get the new agency clients, like sometime in the first two weeks of October, um, that would be fine because the work wouldn't really start in earnest again until the second half of the month. So that would be fine, I think. Beautiful. I think that's perfect. All right. Keep me posted in Basecamp. You know, I'm there. If you need anything, reach out as much as you need to. I'll put this stuff in and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Thank you. Beautiful. All right, my dear. Have a wonderful week and I'll chat with you soon. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.